Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we're exploring what Christian sacred texts have to teach us about finding our way back to each other in the context of rising authoritarianism and fascism, the devastating violence of settler colonialism worldwide, the scourges of Christian dominance, anti-Semitism, and Islamophobia, and every aspect of the empire's death machinery that is so thick in our daily lives. Through Christian scripture and our various traditions, what wellsprings of nourishment can we drink from, especially as white folks, so that we are ready to act on our mutual interest in movements for liberation? My name is Reverend Liz Carney. My pronouns are she and her. I am an ordained Presbyterian Church USA pastor living in the occupied ancestral homelands of the Cowlitz Indian tribe in so-called Longview, Washington. I'm a member of the Surge Faith organizing team, and I'm so glad to be back with you as we dig into one of our texts for this Sunday, November 19th, 2023, Pentecost 25a. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith and is particularly designed for white Christians like me. White Christians getting into conversation with other white Christians about how to challenge every system that threatens life. We believe white Christians have a responsibility to commit ourselves to resisting white Christian nationalism, settler colonialism, the cis-heteropatriarchy, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, ableism, racial capitalism, and every system of this death machine that is the U.S. empire that stands in the way of our collective thriving. We are called to show up and disrupt these powers and principalities wherever we find them, especially through the Christian tradition. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's Song for the Freedom Movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado, in December 2014, being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for this podcast. Beloveds, I've seen it written in a number of places that it is a good time to remember that our bodies have not evolved to process the scale of the suffering we are witnessing now, the kind we have seen unfolding in the genocide of our Palestinian siblings in Gaza for more than a month now. If you are like me, You are equal parts dysregulated, ashamed, numb, desperate, bone-tired, and glued to your phone screen. To feel the desperate urge to do everything I can to stop the endless Israeli bombs falling upon our Palestinian beloveds, 
while also wondering with every daily phone call I make to my legislators if it makes any goddamn difference. This is not a situation our bodies are supposed to know how to hold. So as we ground here together, would you sing with me? I need to feel that my body is here. And maybe you need that reminder too. Let's sing this song across the spaces together. A ceasefire song spell from Adrian Marie Brown shared to connect us back again <clears throat> to our bodies, to our breath, to each other as we march and rally and protest for a ceasefire in Gaza. We breathe together, we breathe together, we breathe together, stop the occupation. We breathe together, we breathe together, we breathe together, stop the occupation. We breathe together, we breathe together, we breathe together, stop the occupation. We breathe together, we breathe together, we breathe together, stop the occupation. The lectionary passage from 1 Thessalonians is what clutched my heart this week. Mostly because it reads like Paul, the organizer, teaching his friends in Thessalonica how to breathe as one, as they themselves live under Roman occupation. We think this letter may be the earliest writing of Paul's we have, the earliest in the New Testament, actually. It was written to Gentile Christians in the capital city, Thessalonica, of one of the many places colonized by the Roman Empire, Macedonia. Paul had visited these folks before. He had helped midwife their turning away from the idols of the Roman imperial cult and the ways of domination that came with it, and taught them how to turn towards a living and true God as it says in Thessalonians 1, verse 9. I love the tenderness Paul describes and the relationship he had developed with these dear friends in Thessalonica. Back in chapter 2, he wrote, We were gentle among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. Paul is writing to folks he loved dearly. But he hadn't been with them in person in a while, and he wasn't going to make it soon, so he sent Timothy to check on them. Timothy had returned to Paul with good news, that the church in Thessalonica was keeping the way of the one living and true God. Timothy reported 
that they were still leaning hard into their practices of community care in the midst of the persecution they faced as those who had chosen the way of Jesus, which meant their risky disengagement from the civic honors regularly given to the emperor and the gods of Rome, as scholar and priest Neil Elliott puts it. Near to the close of this letter, that is brimming with Paul's deep love for his people, we come to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. <clears throat> now, concerning the times and the seasons, siblings, you do not need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. As a white Christian, I hear two invitations in this text that ground my dysregulated body for action as we collectively witness and fight to stop a genocide of the Palestinian people right now. First, I hear an invitation to own my personal proximity to the quote-unquote peace and security of empire that Paul calls out in this text. This phrase is a known reference to the propaganda, the lie of Rome, that the Pax Romana of empire has anything to do with peace or the people's true security. For every white Christian living in the American death machine, that is robustly funding the Israeli government's bombs and missiles of genocide in Gaza. Our work is one of owning the history of our own religious tradition in generating this violence. As white folks with Christian lineages, our lane in this fight is to use our power to dismantle this death machine with everything we've got which has to begin by demystifying the peace and security lie 
our religion has spun in service of our own empire. My brilliant colleague, Reverend Margaret Ernst, who you might know as a contributor to this podcast, put it this way in her must-read piece called Why I'm Marching with Jews to the White House to Call for a Ceasefire in Gaza. As a Christian pastor, Reverend Margaret writes, I am called to this stance as someone who believes in a God of peace and justice for all people. I am also called to it because I recognize that the deeper roots of violence lie in thousands of years of Christian anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and imperial control that laid the foundation for the present. The quote-unquote peace and security of our own empire is a system that crushes those below with daily violence in order for the few on the top to get rich. The kind of system that funds the settler colonial state of Israel to commit acts of ethnic cleansing, apartheid, and genocide against Palestinians as we speak. And, by the way, this is a system that does not do what it promises because it does not keep our Jewish beloveds safe either. The Jewish organizers in Minneapolis who led a recent shiva, a Jewish mourning ritual, to grieve the loss of so many Palestinian and Israeli lives, said it best. We absolutely reject the notion that apartheid and oppression of Palestinians promotes Jewish safety. Rather, we recognize it as a zero-sum strategy rooted in trauma and the same European colonial system that produced the Holocaust. We know that we will not see an end to these cycles of violence without an end to the occupation. Nobody, nobody, nobody is safe inside this lie of a death machine. To paraphrase what my dear friend Reverend Ann Dunlap has said, this death machinery is just not interested in safety for anyone, and we want that safety for everyone. It is past time for every white American Christian to grapple with the horror wrought by our lineage, specifically the Christian Zionist movement. Because Christian Zionism needs the death machinery that is the apartheid state of Israel to exist and be controlled by Jewish people in order to provoke Christ's second coming, at which point every non-Christian, including Jews, according to this toxic theology, will need to either convert to Christianity or be annihilated. In the political space carved out by this toxic theology of Christian Zionism, which has more adherence to it than there are Jews in the world, by the way, I'll link that statistic in the transcript, Democratic legislators have fallen in line to fund the state of Israel's genocide of the Palestinian people. And they are claiming the lie of peace and security while they do it. My own Democratic senator from Washington State, Patty Murray, 
literally called for quote-unquote respect for, the, for those working in the Senate Appropriations Committee working to send billions of aid to the Israeli, Israeli military as she tried to silence the cries for a ceasefire from the brave protesters who continued to disrupt these warmongering proceedings. The quote-unquote respect of silence she demanded in that room is not peace. It is violence. The order Senator Murray demanded is not security. It is oppression. And Paul knows the truth spoken over and over again by the ancestors of his Jewish tradition that empires are fragile as hell. Sudden destruction will come upon the ones relying on this lie for safety, Paul writes to his friends in Thessalonica, living under Roman occupation, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. So, empire's peace and security is a lie in at least two ways. It is not real peace and security because it requires horrific ongoing violence to be maintained. And it is not real peace and security because every empire falls. Empires can only lie about caring for our safety for so long before the people rise up to get free. That moment when liberation is born. So I think the first invitation to us in this text is that we get clear, beloveds, that we call the lie of empire's peace and security what it is, complete and utter bullshit. And that process begins by digging deep into exactly how our Christian tradition invented this lie in places like occupied Palestine to begin with. Second, I hear an invitation to keep awake and be sober. We have seen how the light of day equals good and the dark of night equals bad trope has been used with such violence to create and reinforce the racial hierarchy we live in in America. It's hard to imagine that Paul could have known when he wrote this binary language into this text just how much that dichotomy would be used to harm BIPOC communities at the hands of white Christians. So let's name that right up front. And Paul is saying something really important here about the, the peace and security lie of empire. This lie is designed to be a sinister tune that hypnotizes us not into a deep restorative sleep, but into the numbed out stupor that comes with drinking and drinking and drinking a toxic lie. We drink this lie until we forget who we are and how we got here. And as Cole Arthur Riley of Black Liturgies has written, all oppression relies on moral amnesia 
a collective forgetfulness in order to carry out its deeds. Cruelty's first tactic is not persuasion, Cole writes. It's distraction. What does this numbed out stupor look like? It looks like so many white Christians supporting the apartheid state of Israel in the name of Jewish Holocaust survivors while ignoring the fact that it was Christian anti-Semitism that caused the Holocaust. And it was Christian anti-Semitism that didn't want Jews in Europe after the war, so they supported stealing Palestinian land to keep Jews far away from quote-unquote Christian Europe. It looks like choosing numbing activities that don't actually help us rest and restore instead of making space to grieve what we are witnessing. It looks like accepting despair and turning away from it all instead of developing disciplines of community care and gritty hope that lead us to act in solidarity, then rest, then learn, then act in solidarity, then rest, then learn, then act in solidarity, and repeat. Empire wants us so tired and worn out and numb that we won't rise up, won't fight back, won't work as a team to clog the cogs of the death machine. Empire wants to trap us in the kind of exhaustion that makes us forget who we are, forget our own belovedness, forget the belovedness of others, and forget our inextricable tie to each other and the earth. So that bone tiredness and weary despair you may be feeling along with me today, it's not a side effect. For empire, this is the whole damn point. Because people in a numbed out stupor cannot resist. And to this, Paul says, keep awake. Be sober. Or said another way, do not let the empire force you to forget yourself. Do not let the empire force you to forget each other. This is not a directive not to rest. In fact, I imagine this keeping awake and being sober like a collective vigil of resistance where everyone offers what they can and we do it collectively so that we take turns resisting and resting. After my shift holding the candle in this vigil, I hand it to you to take your turn so I can rest. And after your shift, you hand it to the next person and so on and so on until it's my turn to hold the candle again. Because every body is precious. Rest is our birthright. And because this is how we keep going for the long haul, which is what movements for liberation require. In the face of empire's lie, we keep 
our vigil of resistance, our vigil of truth, which is that we keep us safe. My call to action for all of this, this for all of us this week has two parts. If you are a white person with connections to Christianity, especially, spend some time with Reverend Margaret Ernst's writing that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. I will link it in the resource section of this podcast transcript. Let this be a launching point dive deep into understanding the white Christian roots of the colonial violence unfolding in Gaza. Make this that first cup of strong coffee that wakes you up and keeps you sober for your shift in our collective resistance, in our continued demands for a ceasefire. I'll also share another article from Jonathan Brenneman and Aiden Uh, sorry, Aiden Orley from Truthout, from back in 2021, that is incredibly helpful for understanding the role of Christian Zionism in generating and perpetuating the violence of the apartheid state of Israel that has brought us to this terrifying moment today. Two, find an action led by Jewish Voices for Peace near you. And find a way to show up for that action. Jewish Voices for Peace is a national grassroots organization working towards Palestinian freedom and Judaism beyond Zionism. And there are many ways to contribute to their powerful resistance to the ethnic cleansing and genocide being perpetrated against Palestinians by Israel's military in Gaza. Make this your version of Paul's call to the followers in Thessalonica to encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. My experience of the Jewish Voices for Peace actions I have taken part in so far is that they foretell the world we all long for. People are making sure everyone has water to drink, that the kids and elders present at these actions are protected, that folks have the words to the resistance songs we sing on paper or on their phones as we raise our voices together to move our legislators. Because we keep us safe. As you join these actions, I promise you'll feel less alone. You'll feel more connected. And I promise that this will help all of us keep going. Build up each other by showing up for these tastes of the new world, beloveds. Let's act. Let's rest. Let's act. Let's repeat. Let's keep going until every last one of us is free. Thanks, as always, for joining us. 
We'd love to hear from you all, especially folks of color and non-Christian folks, by commenting on our SoundCloud or Twitter or Facebook pages, or filling out the survey on our podcast page at surge.org. Give us a like or rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you check out our podcast. You can find out more about Surge at surge.org, where you can sign up for Surge Faith updates and find transcripts for every episode, which include references, resources, and action links. Also, please stay tuned for a forthcoming special announcement from the Word is Resistance podcast team. There's some big news coming your way very soon. Finally, a huge thanks, as always, to our incredible sound editor, Claire Hitchens. You make these podcasts possible, and we are so grateful for you. I invite you to sing with me again, to close the way we started. Let's sing each other into the next iteration of our collective resistance. We breathe together, we breathe together, we breathe together, stop the occupation. We breathe together, we breathe together, we breathe together, stop the occupation. We breathe together, we breathe together, we breathe together, stop the occupation. Until next time, beloveds, I'm Reverend Liz Carney, and I'm sending you all the tenderness in my heart. Yeah.